it's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, and Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning, Whatcom County. It's Saturday morning live, where we're live, we're about liberty, and we're focused on you. My name's Chris Halterman, and obviously if I'm here, it must be the fifth Saturday of the month. So I am will be in studio. I have an in-studio guest. His name is Lauren Zanonian, working for the Lighthouse Mission, and he has a very special position there that we're going to talk a little bit about Lauren, about his position and what's happening at the mission, what the community is going to sort of look forward to and expect. Um, Other than that, it's December 30th. We're almost completed another, I don't know, there's been good, there's been a lot of good, um, but some things that uh, we definitely would like to see better. I would like to see more people gainfully employed, I would like to see more small businesses um, thriving in our community here. I would like to see more unity in uh, basically tackling the big problems of the community. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lifer here. I'm a third-generation Whatcom County person. And so, obviously, I'm not expecting it to be exactly the same as what it was when, you know, when I was a little girl. But... There are a lot of things that could definitely turn around. And one of those things, of course, is housing, having good housing, doing something that will not just subsidize housing, but things that might actually make it so that the average middle-class person can dream to have a single-family home for themselves and for their family. I know there's an advocacy out there for some people that they think that multifamily living is, uh, that's what it's going to be from now on, but I don't personally think that's mentally healthy. I think that we all like to have our space, and we like to have, uh, you know, a little elbow room, and we like to be able to raise our families, um, have friends in, and, and raise a garden, and all those things, and, and I think those are really healthy. And I hope that everybody else does too. And in order for that to happen, we're going to all have to come together and we're going to have to work with our local politicians and how we regulate this community in order to see that that is also something that they start advocating for because it's been on the back burner. I believe that will deal uh, help deal with a lot of our uh, stresses. And let's deal with the drug problem, please. And that starts here locally as well as on the state and the federal level. If we don't get a handle on that, you're never going to get a handle on the mental health issues that are going on in the crime. So deal with it, and don't put your head in the sand and think it's all going to go away, and because I threw some money here or I threw some money there, it's going to get better. So let's work for that for our new year in 2024. It's what I wish. I wish to have a place that is a safe, vibrant community for all of us to live in. And we're going to get right back, and we do. We're going to talk to Lauren Zanonian, and we're going to talk about what's happening at the mission and how how their position here can help to achieve some of those of those goals. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. The cheapest gas, the best price for groceries, lowest cost sell plan. There are lots of decisions you should make based just on price. But when it comes to reliably heating and cooling your home for decades, the real bargain is the quality of the equipment and the company installing it. Hi, I'm Joe Tian for my friends at West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. They offer the best premium trained products, along with installation and follow-up you can count on year after year, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. West Mechanical's pros will come to your home and give you an honest assessment of what's best to keep you and your family comfortable, whether it's keeping your current system running in tip-top shape or starting the new year with a new efficient system that will last for years to come at a price you can afford and with that bargain of real quality. 
They offer 0% financing on approved credit. I count on West Mechanical to keep my equipment running great, and they'll do the same for you. Get to know them and the quality they can bring to you and your home today at westmechanical.net. Hello, folks. This is Elder Law Attorney Phil George, the host of The Aging Hour, right here on KGMI every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. and the founder of Safe Harbor Legal Solutions. I have good news for you. We are having a live seminar at the new Holiday Inn and Suites over by the airport in Bellingham at 11 a.m. on Saturday, the 13th of January. Don't let another year go by without giving your family the peace of mind that comes with a comprehensive estate and retirement plan. Come out, get your questions answered, and learn how to set your family up for success in your retirement. Reserve your spot today at www.safeharborlegal.com. Sold to bidder 126. The January consignment equipment auction at Meridian Equipment in Laurel is now active online through the 13th of January. Visit meridianeq.com today to check out the extensive selection of current auction items and place your bid. Bids will be accepted through Saturday, January 13th. Meridian Equipment, selling and servicing new and used farm and light industrial equipment for over 70 years. Open weekdays from 8 to 4.30 and Saturdays from 8 to 11.30 on Guide Meridian in Laurel or online at meridianeq.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. We're live. We're about liberty and focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman. I am your host today. And in studio with me is Lauren Zanonian. He, uh, what's your official title now, Lauren? Uh, because I've question. lost track. That's a good question. They change titles every so often. But recently, I am the Chief Advancement Officer for the White House Mission Ministries in Bellingham. Okay. And you, um, so when I um, left doing independent contracting there, you were kind of in charge of what happens for as far as the large donors and mm-hmm. things of that nature? Is that kind of the same thing, or have you got a broader? It's it's probably expanded as you know since 2019 when I started, um, which is why the reason for uh, label changes every so often in the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now I'm in charge of everything that um, is to do with the Lighthouse Mission when it comes to um, bringing money in. Mm-hmm. We're as far as programs and services, we're 100% privately um, funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that you're working with a number of financial partners, uh, mostly individuals and businesses that see the need mm-hmm. in front of them in our community like Whatcom County. And then they give uh, of their time, resources, and money mm-hmm. to be able to see the mission operate. Well, I just remember when before you actually started and and have conversations with Hans and he was so mm-hmm. excited that you were coming to to work with them mm-hmm. and to help them to achieve their their dream and I'll tell you you you're a hard worker okay folks he's a hard worker <laughs> if Lauren says he's going to do something and get something done he gets it done you can depend on him very dependable and um, you've done a bang up job you really have oh well thank you that's very nice I, that comes from obviously when you're you know raised by your parents my dad was a charter skipper out in the bay mm. and so so was my mom she was first and then he was and so it was just one of those things where you didn't have a lot of time to sit around it was it was time to go out on the boat at 4 a.m. Mm. in the morning and even from the age of about two or three I was uh, on the boat doing things I wasn't doing much at three but by the time I was uh, eight or nine, I was helping out and getting up early and doing things. And it's always kind of been that mentality of if, if you want things to get done, you need help. It needs mm-hmm. to be a team approach, but uh, nothing speaks like results. Yeah, you have five minutes to eat your meal and they're getting <laughs> going. Right. <laughs> and that reminds me because my husband used to go um, fishing with his stepfather. And yeah. yeah, it was like, you got five minutes to eat. It's so great, too, as a child, like you look back on it fondly now, but then in the middle of your childhood, you're like, this is the worst (laughs) ever. (laughs) The smell of gas and salt water is not my favorite. (laughs) Now you probably smell it. Oh, diesel. I smell it. I love it. Yeah, we have a boat now that we um, recently got and just reminds me of my childhood. So it's this just brings you right back. And so I love it. My wife sees me at my eyes go far away. and She's like, oh, boy, here he is. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well... So you spend a lot of time on the water. I know that I was raised on Lake Whatcom, mm-hmm. and there's just something about being near the water. Yeah, I thought I was a lake boat guy because we live close to the lake. We mm-hmm. live on it. As I tell people, we live on the chief side. We can see the lake from there. Uh, so we thought, well, let's get a lake boat. And then after you realize just what it takes to 
launch it and then go get on it. It's like you're working four hours to spend five, mm-hmm. right? But if you have an ocean boat, you can go just get on the ocean and that doesn't take as long. Yeah. Don't have to launch anything because it's moored. And so we just really found that uh, the sea was calling. You know, for some people in Bellingham, it's the mountains. Mm-hmm. For us, it was the ocean and we love it. It's one of our happy places to oh, go yeah. when we're up there in the San Juans. Yeah, it yeah. really, it, we're extremely spoiled in the Northwest when it comes to the San Juans. Yep. It's a playground for people that don't, they don't have these things in other places where yep. they have access to the water. Yep. So, um, okay, so when I left, the, um, the, the new building was still just a, on a piece of paper. Right. A lot has happened since then. And so kind of, you know, everybody knows that the buildings, you know, up. You can't can't miss it. You know, the demolition was a big deal, and now you've got, you know, what, three stories, four stories. Uh, we just, uh, I'll just tell you, we're we're gonna go to five stories, and we okay. just put the roof joists on the fourth story, mm-hmm. so the fifth story floor is on, and we expect the uh, roof to go on by the second or third week of January. Okay, and we all know that once the roof is on, that means. Uh, the work really starts to, yeah, to it's pack up. Yeah, the, the visible work will slow down. You won't see as much, right, because it went up pretty fast mm-hmm. since we started on the foundation last spring. It goes up pretty quick, and you can see the change every day. But then all of a sudden, a lot of the work goes inside, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the finished work, electrical, et cetera, that you won't see. But uh, we're still on schedule uh, to finish in the fall of 24. Okay. Um, so five stories, and let's kind of take, us through what's going to be what what are people going to see at the street level uh good question we're working obviously right there at holly and west holly at f street at the street level it as you go up f street to hit aster uh what you're going to see is kind of a multi-level area it is five stories but that first story as you go up uh, f street's going to go back into the hill Mm -hmm. and that first story actually has three storefronts uh, that we're working on opening. Those will open uh, probably a year uh, from now, more like 2025. But they're mm-hmm. built to be businesses on the Holly and F Street area. And we decided on businesses just as we have our guests go through uh, recovery at base camp and then they go into recovery from addiction or mental health through our either Agape for Women and Ascent for Men. Mm-hmm. That's a year to a year and a half right. of a program. And when they get out of it, it's very difficult to find a job. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's what really differentiates the mission from, let's say, your federal or state programs, which are housing first or what's called a housing next model. Mm-hmm. We believe that the first thing that comes is your your spiritual identity and then your re- relational issues mm-hmm. that you have, mm-hmm. which could stem from addiction or mental health. So once we are able to give you uh, the ability to deal with some of that and you work through the addiction or mental health, then we'll start working on housing. But with housing, you need to be able to have a job. You need to be able to get through some things. And right. you know, not every person that's homeless is going to get a job in the future. Some have some issues that because of addiction, they have uh, what we call wet brain or addiction. And the, um, the substances that they've taken over the years has really kind of slowed their ability to process. Mm-hmm. So some folks like that aren't able to have jobs. Mm-hmm. They're able to help. Uh, but for those that are going to be able to have jobs when they get out of our recovery center, what we want is businesses where they could be gainfully employed. Now, we can't employ every one of our recovery places, but we're mm-hmm. also working with uh, community um, businesses as well to kind of get back to the old idea of an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. What if we could build um, not only their skills, but their resume? Right. If you've got a felony on your record, it's hard to get mm-hmm. a job. Mm-hmm. But what if the mission would have a couple of businesses where you could work and build that resume, build your skills. Mm -hmm. And at the same time you're working or you're living uh, someplace where your wage that you earn with the mission pays your rent. Well, and and I I did that with my son. Um, He worked um, for a local restaurant that, you know, did large Mm -hmm. venues and stuff like that. And it kind of, during COVID, it kind of, you know, just, evaporated and stuff like that but I knew him and I knew he had the capabilities and so I said well hey you know I've got this thing that I do and I think if you want to give it a try and he's now he basically um, does runs the whole show 
it's taken over, huh? Yep, yeah, yeah. Basically, I kind of semi-retired myself, so yeah, he's got him. He's gainfully employed. He's, you know, but, but it was, um, you know, he, he knew basic, you know, because it's a bookkeeping, you know, service right. and mobile service, and so, you know, he he was, he had a lot of skills from what he has done in his life, um, but the rest was just kind of guiding him along and letting him do it. And I, I'm a big advocate for learning right. on-the-job training. Yeah. And whatever skills you can gain, noth- none of them will be wasted. Right. And, and, you know, as we graduate to the second floor, the last part about the first floor at the businesses, and we'll have our logistical people um, that do a lot of work on our campus. Mm-hmm. They'll be having offices and we'll have a shop back there. It really goes, each floor is around 15,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to kind of just blow your mind, our original mission, which just got demoed, uh, the entire building was just around 15,000 square feet. So each floor mm-hmm. is more than the entire building was when we had it up there. That's so crazy. we're really literally five times mm-hmm. the size for it. So on that first floor, if you look at that area as Old Town starts to develop and uh, you've got some development from the Dawson um, arm of development. Mm-hmm. They bought six out of the nine Parberry lots. Oh, really? There, yeah. Okay, I was wondering what was going on yep. over there. And they, yeah. they stayed away from the waterfront by the park because mm-hmm. there's so much cleanup required there. Right. It would just be cost uh, prohibitive. So really, you're going to see a lot of development in the next 10 years down mm-hmm. there. As really downtown connects with Old Town. Mm-hmm. And we think you're going to see it grow because then you've got an arterial that goes towards, uh, obviously, you've got... Uh, uh, lettered streets, and then you've got the marina going down, and then it's going to continue on Holly. Uh, so you've got a huge development. A lot of people are going to be moving in, and mm-hmm. so a lot of those, two of those businesses are really going to be retail-oriented. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the first one's going to be a coffee shop. That's a shocker, I know, going in the Northwest <laughs> to have a coffee shop. But this idea of what if you could go down and support the mission and get a great cup of coffee mm-hmm. that you're used to, but also know that the people that are making your coffee uh, we're on the street. But it's also recovery. a great way to not just develop um, entrepreneurial skills, which yeah. are very important, but it also is a very social environment. Mm-hmm. So it kind of really helps you to get, you know, comfortable being back working within society. Yeah. You know, which because obviously great. when people first come into your programs, it's a much more closed environment. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of little by little go out there and uh, take on the world again and be yeah. a part of it. Get you some confidence. One thing about addiction is a horrible disease. And when you're in full addiction on the street, a lot of people won't look at you. Mm-hmm. They'll look towards you, but not at you. Right. They won't look at you in the eyes. They won't treat you as a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, part because I think of our own shame mm-hmm. as people like, we should be able to fix this issue. Right. In part because they're like, this is, this is a hard, ugly truth mm-hmm. of our society. Yep. And why can't we fix this? So when you are working there and you start to gain some self-confidence... And people look at you and they look at you in the eyes. That's a huge hurdle to overcome, mm-hmm. especially for a lot of our guests as they recover. Like, oh, you see me as a human again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they don't see themselves as human. They kind of fulfill that shame role of the idea of like, ah, oh, I'm the drunk uncle. I'm the son that my parents are ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And they start to really almost a self-fulfilling prophecy in that. Like they believe that they're that, so they're going to act like it. Right. And what if we give them an opportunity not to do that? Yeah. Right. And all that work they've been putting in recovery for a year to year and a half and they can see some results were like, oh, I have a skill. And we picked a coffee shop also not because it's pretty northwest, but it's transferable. Right. So where can you go if you're going to go move? You could go to Seattle. And now no, I've got and barista who, skills. And who right. knows how to roast coffee? Yeah. Hans <laughs> knows how to roast coffee. I know how to drink coffee. So and is, it, and is Edward team. still on the board? Uh, no, he's emeritus right now, okay. uh, but we'll certainly be using be tapping uh, Edwin's, into him. Edwin's uh, tapping into his single source beans. Okay. Both Hans and I are coffee elitists, uh-huh. as we say, so yes. we have a certain idea of what we want that coffee shop to look like. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I haven't tasted coffee that you've made, but I, I have tasted Hans's. It's very, very good. Yeah, he's, yeah, he knows what he's doing when it comes. He'll handle the um, pour overs and the drips and uh, yeah. things like that, and I'll handle the espresso and... Okay. Lattes and a good cappuccino. Okay. Um, so so the the one is a coffee shop, and then you, you're, are the other two still thought works in progress? We're actually going to turn two of the suites into the coffee shop because of just the room. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea now. And then the third, you know, you have a lot of business ideas. Mm-hmm. One of those could be, like, example, uh, given a, a tactile trade, like uh, mm-hmm. furniture reupholstery and cleaning. 
Mm-hmm. We are in a, uh, we try to look what we have. We're in a college town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of couches out there. Oh, yeah. So this idea of taking old couches and, and no. yep. cleaning them up and refinishing them and maybe re uh, upholstering them and then putting them back out there, mm-hmm. you know, where we can sell them and uh, deliver them and try to do something where we can do that easily. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it is time to take our bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Lighthouse Mission and the new, well, it's, it's base camp and many, many, many other things what the community can expect, and it's going to be exciting. We're going to talk more about, we're going to go up a couple more floors, find out what's going on. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. A crisp company logoed shirt or uniform from Bergen. Whatcom County's local logo apparel experts makes your employees look and feel more professional. Bergen pairs their commitment to personal service with professional results, specializing in embroidery and all kinds of logoed promotional products. Unlike when you place an order online, Bergen's guarantees that your order will be completed on time to your specifications with a smile. Get your logo on the best brand names out there from North Face, Carhartt, Columbia, Russell Outdoor, Adidas and Izod, Van Heusen, Tommy Hilfinger, and more. Your employees will want to rep your brand in Bergen's logoed work apparel. And why not start a new company tradition with Employee Milestones Appreciation Customized Gear? Elevate your brand with Bergen Customized Company Apparel. From polos to sweatshirts, ball caps to bags and more. Bergen does it all. Give them a call to get a quote within 24 hours. Or stop by the showroom Monday through Thursday on Iron Gate in Bellingham. And online at bergenembroidery.com. PNW Perks is heading to Ferndale's Cedars Restaurant Thursday at 8 a.m. It's mealtime and you're starving, so what'll it be? It'll be Cedars Restaurant, Ferndale's classic diner and lounge. Why? It's the warm, inviting aroma of home-cooked, scratch-made delicacies fill-in-the-air morning, noon, and night. It's the rich flavors that come from over 40 years of cooking with love. It's the temptation of a hearty meal with huge portions. Or the option to indulge in a refreshing cocktail during the next big game. It's the authentic taste of classic American diner cuisine, served in the heart of Ferndale. It's the irresistible charm of homemade pies and dessert delights. It's Cedars Restaurant on Main Street, so pull up a chair. You're going to love being a part of the Cedars family. Check out the menu at cedarsferndale.com. Thursday at 8 a.m., you can get a $50 gift certificate to Cedars Restaurant in Ferndale for just $25. That's half off at Cedars Restaurant. Get in on the savings while supplies last at pnwperks.com. Get the very latest on real estate in Whatcom County and Northwest Washington with Windermere real estate experts Rick Todd, Julie Brown, and Lyle Sorensen. The information and analysis you need, whether you're a buyer or a seller. Radio Real Estate with Rick Todd, Julie Brown, and Lyle Sorensen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Brought to you by Windermere Real Estate on KGMI AM 790 and 96.5 FM. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. No gimmicks, just the highest quality systems, 0% interest financing, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Rely on West Mechanical heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Contact them today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. Gaza residents say Israeli tanks are moving south, targeting refugee camps where it says Hamas is operating. CBS's Ian Lee reports from near Gaza. Israel continues to expand its war in Gaza. According to the UN, nearly two million Palestinians have now been displaced from the fighting. More huge waves are in California after massive surf Thursday brought flooding and damage. Dan Roundtree lives in, lives in Ventura. Washed down the street like it was a river that turned and went into our complex and flooded it completely. So we're all trying to recoup. More than 120 people were rescued when the ice flow they were fishing on in northern Minnesota broke off. Nicole Biaggi is with the Department of Natural Resources. It's really not uncommon in the sense that it does happen from year to year that people go out there and the ice breaks away and we have to rescue them. CBS News Brief, I'm Wendy Gillette. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. We're live. We're about liberty, focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, the host today. 
And in studio with me is Lauren Zanonian. Lauren is in charge of advocacy and the, basically bringing the bucks in for Lighthouse Mission Ministries. They've got their new building. We've been talking about it. It's uh, They're on the fourth floor. They're about to put on the roof for the fifth floor of the building. We talked a little bit about the the street level, kind of what you're going to see when you're in the area. There's um, there's four more stories there. Four more stories. Four more stories to tell. So much detail in the four <laughs> stories. You know, as you go into the second story, that's really um, the story you're going to see the most. Entrance for folks that are going to be our guests there. Um, they'll enter into the second uh, floor, but they'll enter on the Astor Street side. Mm-hmm. So we're working with the city for street improvements. Right now there's no sidewalks, very little egress and ingress for there. So we're working with the city, and the city's really redeveloping the, the old, almost the entire Old Town area where the Parberries used to be. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a lot of street work. So included in that street work will be where ours are, so sidewalks. And the cool thing is they won't queue up. I wanted to use the word queue. It's for my uh, English credit. Uh, they will they will line up really indoors mm-hmm. for them to come in and check in. It'll be on the second floor on the Astor Street side. And that's so, kind of the base camp? Yeah, those are our, our, our day-use people and drop-in mm-hmm. center folks. It was drop-in center, base camp, and then we'll probably keep the name base camp, or Hans will think of some cool name uh, <laughs> okay. that we'll come up with. It'll be fine, okay. um, and long, as long as I can market it right now. I'm joking. Uh, as far as people giving money towards it. But the idea would be is they can come in towards that and then we'll have a kind of a check-in place for them to be able to come into. And we'll also, in that second floor, be all day use. Mm -hmm. So people will be able to spend part of the day. We'll have a deck out there facing uh, Holly Street. Mm -hmm. It'll be the best view for homeless people anywhere uh, as they go through there. So the real purpose of that was for them to be able to get outside without going outside the building. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have an entire huge deck that's almost 2,500 square feet, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's fenced in. It's, it's, it's a great view, and it doesn't feel like it's fencing you and keeping you in, but it's a place to be able to go take a breath. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a very warm but non-flame fireplace, kind of an electric fireplace there. Uh, so folks can get that outside break without leaving the building. This is, is still low barrier, though, right? So low barrier, so right? So no the drug use inside, correct. but you're not going to prevent mm-hmm. people from coming in for yep. services, so long as they are not a danger to themselves or to others. Correct. The low barrier really is this idea of um, no weapons, mm-hmm. right? No violence, uh, and um, no drugs mm-hmm. while you're in there. And you sometimes will have some people that are uh, feels like they're you know coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, from drug use, and we have a spot for them to just be able to dry out for a little bit. So what? What? So just give people like sort of an idea of, of you know, because everybody sees kind of what's outside of the perimeter of the existing base camp, but Correct. that's not base camp. No. What's What's really goes on inside of base camp itself? That's a great question. You know, we have staff that will come in and bring people in, and it's a chance for people that have been on uh, their hyper vigilance on the street. I mean, if you're if you're on the street and you're female and you've been on the street for, let's say, more than three months, you have a 100% chance of being sexually assaulted. Uh, it's not a 90% chance. It's a 100% chance. Uh, if you're male after three months, you have a 90% chance of being physically assaulted. So there is this hypervigilance on the street. You know, you're cold, you're wet, you're hungry. Uh, if you're going through mental health issues, you're probably not on your meds. That's difficult if you're also... Uh, going through either something like um, addiction issue, uh, you know, those are really the main causes for homelessness when it comes to males. For mm-hmm. females, it is domestic abuse, right? That's the number one cause. That's why you see a disparity between male and females. A lot of females, whether we like it or not, are trading sex for shelter mm-hmm. with boyfriends or husbands. And even though they're getting emotionally, physically, sexually abused, they're keeping that in because sometimes they have a child. Mm-hmm. They want to protect that child, and they don't want to be out on the street. So when you got people coming in off of that or coming out of an abuse situation, they're really fragile, right? And so when they're really fragile, um, it's hard for them to be able to um, get a meal. It's hard for them to be able to um, feel like they could be safe. So what we do at base camp is we give them a meal, get a shower, right? Um, be able to get... Uh, the ability to um, take a breath. So when they can take a breath, take a shower, and get a meal and feel safe for a second, 
the refuge from um, the refuge from the street uh, really helps them think about what's next. And now imagine if we can do that about what's next and, and get them out of that survival mode. That's what's really important about the second floor. So uh, yes, and what and one of the differences also that I think is really vital and important is that you're going to also be you're also that you're not able to do as well now is the um, housing for couples, families, you know, seniors. So anyway, talk a little bit about those things that are happening as well. Sure. Second floor is going to be day use area. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth floor will be those day use folks that will go and that's where they'll spend the night. Mm-hmm. Our fifth floor is really our micro shelters, our speci- specialty shelters. That's a good tongue twister to say. Um, for seniors, for medically fragile, uh, for those experiencing mental illness, male and female, and then for families. Uh, and so what we've really thought through is the idea that those are especially vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. What if we were able to separate them from folks that are maybe experiencing deep addiction or mental health issues? What if they have moved past that? For like a family, uh, we've created a second entrance for the family coming off the street. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have them come on the Holly side where people coming in off the street will come in from the Astor side. So when they go up to the fifth floor, they go up a different stairwell. They're going to be able to experience like a little family unit where uh, we'll actually have a playroom and we'll have things for kids Mm -hmm. to be able to just take a breath and realize that it's going to be okay. Mom and or dad are there and they're not going to be separated and that they can get a meal. And even if it's either from our kitchen, which will be included in that building, Mm -hmm. right? Or if it's just mac and cheese or grilled cheese for those kids or a senior that's coming and they they, you know, the population for seniors in homelessness in Whatcom County is rising rapidly uh, as a lot of people that are chronic homelessness get older or those that uh, are in fixed incomes. All of a sudden, something tragic happens and now they're on the street. Mm-hmm. What if those medically, medically fragile seniors have a place to recover until we can get them connected to family or services? And really the idea is, is get them off the street, get them to a place where they can think about it and they can get some services from us. Well, one thing that I want to make sure that the listening audience uh, understands, this is not where your programs happen, okay? You, we, you still have your men's program that's in the New Life Center, Correct. and you still have Agape for the women, mm-hmm. and those are, the, this is sort of like the, basically the, the, the base where hopefully if people, you know, if, if if it works and there's capacity, they can move into these long-term programs. Yeah. yeah. We're, and we're not changing that about recovery. Uh, the cool thing is, is with the pandemic, everything got shattered, mm-hmm. essentially fractured to where our kitchen's now out of Peace Health. And uh, we went from our old kitchen in the old building to a temporary kitchen at Peace Health. Uh, helped us get mm-hmm. uh, and then base camp which you've seen at Cornwall at 1501 Cornwall and then our administrative building is off of um, right by Pacific Bank and so essentially we're taking all of those services and bringing them together into the new building and adding some of those micro shelters and then the recovery um, uh, services for agape and ascent for women and men are staying in the same place but now it's all one central mm-hmm. area kind of a campus like a college mm-hmm. and then the idea is as you can see those folks that are experiencing recovery it gives you hope mm-hmm. if you just come off the street right you can see that oh that's something that i can do because you quit fulfilling that little prophecy of the drunk uncle or the failed son or whatever it is that you believe about yourself mm-hmm. that's negative you can see a positive role model and if anything, we think that uh, we're full now, both in our recovery centers, but we think that it'll expand and we won't have any lags and we'll be able to help people transition smoothly from outreach, right, which is base camp, into our recovery a little bit easier. Yep. And the transition will be smoother and a lot quicker. We're going to take a, our, our short break right now. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about there's some new mental health services as well that you're going to be providing. Yes, mm-hmm. no? Okay, this is Saturday Morning Live. We're talking to Lauren Zanonian of the Lighthouse Mission Ministries, and we'll be right back.
This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and I'm sharing with you a very exciting announcement. I have made the decision to rejoin LPL Financial Services. I originally joined what was then Private Ledger in December of 1981 as one of about 300 representatives. I rejoin them now with over 21,000 representatives, over $1.3 trillion under management, and LPL is now part of the S&P 500 Index. In addition to discussing the latest financial news each week on Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI, I will share with you some of the reasons for this decision. Please join us at 11 a.m. each Saturday for our live Wealth Wake Up show or our 9 a.m. show on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced in this show, program, podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable to you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. As a business owner, you may sometimes have difficulty finding qualified workers. The Northwest Workforce Council, proud partner of WorkSource, provides customized services to businesses seeking new employees. If you own or manage a business in the construction, advanced manufacturing, or medical fields, we can sometimes assist with paying some of the costs of training new staff through our on-the-job training program. The program, funded by the Department of Labor, can help you staff up in a big way. Working with Northwest Workforce Council's internship training program, many businesses and nonprofits can staff up for short-term entry-level positions. This program is a great way to create a pipeline of talent and help people newer to the workforce learn skills that will benefit businesses in the long term. These services are available for businesses in Whatcom, Skagit, Island, and San Juan counties, and space is limited. Go to www.nwc-connect.org and click on Business Services to learn more. That's www.nwc-connect.org and click on Business Services. Northwest Workforce Council is an equal opportunity program. Auxiliary aids and services are available upon request to individuals of disabilities. Washington Relay Service 711. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live where we're live. We're about liberty and focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, the host today. And in studio with me is Lauren Zanonian. He is in charge of advocacy and fundraising. Um, he wears a rather large, broad-brimmed hat. Uh, he does a great job at what he's, uh, where he's working at for the Lighthouse Mission Ministries. We've been talking a bit about the new building. As anybody who actually drives in downtown Bellingham, you can see this going up. Uh, there's four stories there. They're working on the last fifth story. And we talked a bit about what's going to be housed within the campus, they call it the campus, at the mission. So the the base camp that's down in Cornwall will close up once the new facility is ready to in, to basically take on its mission. Correct, yeah. Um, and I know that a big part of the mission is the programs, okay? The men's program, the women's program. Very important to help them spiritually to dig through and and get to the root cause of what's really driving their homelessness. Yeah. But this new facility is the touchstone, okay? It's the it's the first step bringing trust back, bringing people kind of sort of drawing them in slowly mm-hmm. back into society. And something that um I don't know if you guys had it before. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying I, I'm not aware of it, but you have now, you'll have more of a mental health resource available in there. Yeah. So what we've planned on that second floor besides day use area is actually a community resource uh, office. And, and you think of an office as, oh, great, Lauren, you're putting in a, you know, a couple hundred square feet for somebody to have a desk. No, we're, we're talking about a reception area. We're talking about uh, ability to be able to bring people in just like you would in a small medical facility. Mm -hmm. So we'll have that little reception area, a couple of exam rooms. Those exam rooms could be used for medical exams, physical doctor, podiatrist, dentist. Uh, It could also be used for uh, counseling. And one of the things that we've found in studies and in our own experience is that to get someone that is um, unsheltered, Right, and then bring them in, and now they're homeless and they're recovering from either addiction or mental health. To be able to get them to get on their meds and then get them across mm-hmm. town, let's say on the bus, mm-hmm. to you know usually a lot of 
Councilwinds either. It could be in Fairhaven or it could be out on Meridian. Um, to be able to get them on the bus uh, or in our van, get them there, get them back on time for their appointment, and then come back to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Takes up is, a big part of the day. That's that's also an exercise in futility. It just doesn't occur a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have the staff to sit there and go one-on-one to take them to um, their appointment. What if the professionals that are trying to get that first initial counseling time or to establish that trust and relationship, because trust is huge with someone that's on the street. What if instead of us bringing our guests to them, what if we brought the counselors to our guests? Mm-hmm. And then um, it usually takes 30 days to establish trust in a relationship when it comes to counseling and the person that uh, the patient and the counselor. Uh, that time is shortened considerably. If they take somebody that they trust, one of our staff, our warm demanders, our amazing uh, staff that that just do so much in kind of our incarnational ministry, as they've built the trust with our guests. What if they introduce them? Hey, here's somebody who's going to be working with you in your mental counseling. It's going to help you with your mental health. It's going to get you making sure you're taking the right meds and tracking. If you can introduce them, it shortens that time. So, are these going to be actual staff, or are these going to be like in already established people who who volunteer bring bring in volunteer? There is a lot of community organizations that uh, specialize in mental health. And mm-hmm. so what we've realized is we don't want to duplicate the wheel. We don't want to reinvent right. it. So exactly. we would love to bring them in. Right. At the same time, we'd love to be able to afford to be able to have a mental health professional mm-hmm. that's uh, you know fully licensed to come in. And then we're also starting to work on different ways. And what if we were able to partner with a, um education uh, institution, university, college that's uh, training mental health counselors and that a lot of those internships can be supervised by a licensed psychologist, mm-hmm. but also those um, those master's and doctoral candidates can work with our people, sure. right? So we're just trying to think through different ways for those people that fall through the cracks. Right now, if you need a mental health appointment huh. and you're working with the state, it's a nine to 12 month wait. How about if you're a kid? If you're a kid, Almost it's- Almost non-existent. Yeah, it's, and I have- uh, seeing my own self experience of trying to get kids into mental health counseling. And if you are willing to pay, it's, that time is shortened. Mm-hmm. But uh, not not everything favors uh, paying if you're homeless. So one of the ideas is to work through some of the resources and really have the um, new building be a resource for the entire community for people to come into and work with the homeless there. So I want to transition a little bit because sure. I want um, to talk also about the um, sort of the unique relationship that has now been built between the county and the city, mm-hmm. the mission, and as well as um, the the community of people that are are financially advocating and keep you know you know those recurring yeah. type people. Those are that's the bread and butter of a mission. Yeah, you know, if it wasn't for our um, financial supporters. Uh, there's no way we could be doing the mission and the ministry that we do. Mm-hmm. We're, we're obviously thankful to God to be able to just um, really have uh, talked about in the Bible the ability to care for the widow, the orphan, and the poor. And then our people that really take that faith and they put it to real use by by providing the funds and the resources and the time and the volunteer time as well mm-hmm. to support the mission. Right In the time that I came, not because... Um, for any reason other than our services had to increase and the pandemic really exposed mm-hmm. kind of a weakness in the system as far as homelessness. And then uh, it pushed people to the edge, right? I mean, if you look since the pandemic, I mean, uh, drug abuse is up 40%. Uh, you know, um, domestic abuse calls is over 30%. Uh, alcohol, drugs, you name it. The fentanyl crisis is crazy mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, yep. we'd get, we, we apply Narcan which is a way to bring people down from a high. Mm-hmm. If they're taking heroin or they're taking crack or something like that, one to two doses. If they're on fentanyl, four to five doses of Narcan, if they can do it. And then they wake up very angry, mm-hmm. right? So this crisis, and it's cheaper, and it's easy to get, right? And people are, they're blue pills, so they're smoking blues in bathrooms, right? And it doesn't matter where the bathroom is, they're going to go do that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to administer that, but... This crisis is real, mm, and it's yes, it getting is. it's getting into families. It's getting into more and more of the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And what we want to try to do is uh, eliminate that. And we work within the system to be able to do that. And what happened was is all of these things came to a head through the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, no matter where you land politically. And uh, we've served more people than we've ever served before. Our budget doubled 
we, you know that as somebody that worked oh, yeah. as a contractor, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden we're seeing expenditures where mm-hmm. we're like, and we're working with the county to, you know, to sit there. And if somebody got COVID, who, mm-hmm. who staffs that area? If mm-hmm. you're homeless and get COVID at the old motel six, yep. right. That was the mission staff. Yep. Right. And who helps the overflow of base camp going from this tiny little area for the drop in oh, center? I, I watched, I watched payroll triple. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. How are we going to pay for this? Yeah. Right. And uh, it's great to hire somebody like me, but the idea really is, is to see our uh, faithful supporters respond mm-hmm. and to do it with their time and their energy and their resources was really just a testament to their generosity, to their faith, mm-hmm. uh, to what they believe God is kind of pushing them to do. Mm-hmm. And they, when you match faith and generosity with a passion for the vulnerable, mm-hmm. what you get is what we've seen in the mission. And that's, and that's a response where we're taking care of what we think is over 3000 people per year. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's whether it's from our outreach services or somebody getting a meal or a sandwich or somebody coming into base camp or going through our recovery services and graduating, it's it's a huge um, thing God has kind of put on mm-hmm. uh, all gospel missions. This is our little area of the of the Northwest, mm-hmm. and um, our faithful supporters have been amazing. And then in that though, the hard thing is to realize is that the county and the city have been very responsive in helping us reach those goals. Yes, they've made things for the most part easier. Right, we worked with the county. Like we don't want to take direct funds because we don't want to limit our ability to share the gospel. Right to us, the if you can change the heart, if you can change the way they look at themselves and the way that they believe they're a child of God, then you can change part of that outlook, and then they can get on the road to recovery. Mm-hmm. But that takes a lot of work, mm-hmm. right? If you go to a secular recovery center, it's three months. You right. come to ours, it's a year. Because we're dealing with those deep, deep wounds that they've experienced with people. Mm-hmm. And so that gets difficult. And so the county and the city have been able to provide resources for us without us compromising that, abil- compromising that ability to share the gospel. But it's something we have to navigate and be careful with and work. And so part of that was like, we have a kitchen and we need all new equipment. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get that equipment? So we worked with the um, county to administer federal funds without crossing that line. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we worked in the ability, instead of getting direct cash, we worked where they gave us the equipment mm-hmm. to be able to do that for the new kitchen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's kind of working smarter, not harder. That's part of my job, and that right. was the ability for us to do that. It took a lot. <laughs> if it you know the history and you've read the articles, it took a lot of work to do that. It took about 14 months. It was one of my biggest concerns yeah. was how... How is this going to be sustainable mm-hmm. um, without and 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 staying true to what the mission is? Yeah, and you know, and not and not having some, I'm sorry, bureaucrat tell you you can't do that that, that you can't do that or that they know better. You know, we did. Uh, there are times when they're like, "Can you change this about you?" And we're like, "No." And and, and Hans and I and the board, uh, it's been a pretty easy ability to agree. We will never negotiate or compromise in our ability to show the gospel. If a, if government or business or donor comes and says, hey, if you could just stop proclaiming Christ, then I'll give you money. And we're like, well, we're sorry, but yeah. we're not going to do that. Right. right? Because that's what makes us different mm-hmm. is the ability to be able to do that to our guests. Now, it's not mandatory. No. You never have to be able to listen to it. I remember going down to the mission trip in L.A., and you had to listen to a sermon to get food. That's that's a hurdle. Right. That's not something that we wanted. That's not low barrier, right? That's not caring and loving. But at the same time, we're going to have that opportunity. If you want to participate or if you want to be prayed for, mm-hmm. we think that will be a huge bonus to how you feel about yourself. So we never want to compromise or negotiate on that, and we don't. But we also want to be smart, kind of the shrewd manager, and think through of how do we use the resources available to us and still keep our integrity. And it's something that we've done through kitchen equipment. And uh, we used a state uh, Department of Commerce grant to get um, money for uh, uh, solar panels so mm-hmm. that we have a backup uh, energy supply if uh, the grid ever goes down. And then, then it adds energy Better to have the some grid. sunshine. Yeah, we have some sunshine. It's <laughs> funny how much a solar panel can take even when you don't need sunshine. That's good. That's good. Right? So I'd say that it's been a very interesting uh labyrinth mm-hmm. to be able to go through. And I think we've done it well with integrity, but not without a lot of effort to be able to do so and always keep our integrity. Well, one of the, the things I liked that when you initially um, started um, fundraising and, and that some of the larger donors and all the stuff started coming mm-hmm. in is how you, you didn't just focus on the, the capital project. Right. 
you also were focusing in on, okay, we're going to have this facility. It's going to be bigger. We're going to be meeting the needs of more people, which means it's going to need more funding to continue the operations of the programs and everything else that's going on inside. Right. So you really have had a a two track system there where, you know, and people can actually specifically donate to that particular um, part of the mission. Okay. Your gifting. Yeah. You know, one of the things that the magic of it is, is this, and it's, it's magic, it's faith. It's, it's the idea of if if we can take someone that's interested in in supporting the mission and we can understand what their passion is we can understand what it is that makes them really want to give mm-hmm. and if that passion matches up with the, what the mission does well mm-hmm. and we can honor them not as a dollar sign but as a person that has a faith right that has a history that has passions that they want to see really come together and they want to give towards that we get that's when we get the support that's when we're able to really increase our budget because our supporters have been so faithful okay it's december 30th and i just have to say this because i know that there are special ways that people can gift to you Mm -hmm. before the end of the year you don't have a lot that actually um is not just a gift to the to the um to the mission but it also will help you with your taxes by bringing your tax exposure down. Talk right. briefly about that before we close out, please. Uh, how to give to the mission is what you're asking. Uh, right yes. now, December 30th, the best way to give to the mission is obviously go to the lighthousemission.org, mm-hmm. uh, click on the donate button, and uh, you can donate there for, uh, which is our biggest giving months are October, November, December. Mm-hmm. And we take that money that we get in those times and we use it for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to decrease your, uh, how much Tax you're going to pay to the government? Your, well, your minimum distribution that you oh, have yeah. to do. Oh, your required minimum distributions mm-hmm. from your uh, 401ks and Roths like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can certainly give it towards that, or you can even uh, contact us through that and um, make it so that you can give those RMDs to us directly. Yeah. Yep, and so you, you're, you're, it's kind of like what I call a, a win-win. It's a win-win. <laughs> it goes to us and, and not necessarily the government. Okay, well, I appreciate you coming in and sharing with us. Well, um, obviously, we'll be talking some more as we get yeah. closer Love to you. that. And, and God bless you and oh, thank you. your mission. We appreciate and it. Thanks for the support. Happy New Year to all of you. 2024, around the corner, Saturday Morning Live, signing off.